235, take the name of Jesus with you, tells us in Colossians 3.17, whatsoever ye do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Take the name of Jesus with you. 235, take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of it will joy and comfort give you take it then where you go precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven precious name oh how sweet hope of earth ever as a shield from every snare if temptations round you gather breathe that holy name in prayer precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of him precious name Jesus, how it thrills our soul with joy. When his loving arms receive us and his songs our tongue employ, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of him, precious name. straight at his feet kings of kings in heaven will crown him when our journey is complete precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of him precious name oh how sweet be seated and join me in giving Mr. Rick a big hand. Amen. There we go. Well, good evening. It had been a long time since I've stood before the crowd. <laughs> so it's a little nervous, but we'll get through it. Uh, start off. Any prayer requests or praises? Oh, Miss Shirley? Yes, uh, my granddaughter is in college, and 
Oh, okay. Anybody else? Prayer of praise. <clears throat> we have a praise for Geneva. Uh, she got her CT scan back, and the cancer had not spread, so it's contained in one area. So that's a that's a good thing there. So we just remember her. Anybody else? Teddy. Teresa got her. Anybody else? Anything at all? All right. Well, we'll go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started on some things. I hope I can bring this out the way I wrote it. I don't know if I can, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay? Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, that you will allow us to come and just uh, worship and to study. Father, we just ask for these uh, prayer requests. And these praises, we just thank you for those. We pray, Father, we ask you to remember Teresa as uh, she's recovering at home. Uh, Father, we remember Megan. Uh, just uh, ask, Father, that you would heal her of pneumonia. And, Father, we just lift them up. Uh, there's many, many others, Lord, that we know that uh, have not been mentioned. Uh, probably not uh, here to mention them. But, Lord, we know that you know they, who they are and what they need. And, Lord, uh, you are in control of each and everything. And so we just lift them up. We pray for Victor Way. We pray for Pastor Joe and Cammie as they uh, uh, take on the kids' club and do some training. And Lord, we just ask you to be within our presence tonight. We ask you to be here with us, to help us, to guide us. And, Lord, just to bless us as we study your word. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for each and every one here. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. All right. As Pastor said, uh, we'll be starting a Sunday night uh, Bible study. This is not going to be a part of this. This is something I come up with kind of quick because I have I need to study what we're going to do. Uh, I want to get into the book of Galatians. Uh, Galatians is a, a very it's a short book. It's only six chapters, but it's a very intense. It has a lot of information in it. But tonight, I want you to turn to your book, Bible to chapter 4 of Luke. Chapter 4 of Luke. And we're going to look at one passage, one verse. It's going to be the very first verse. The very first verse in chapter 4 of the book of Luke, verse 1. Um, pastor asked me if I'd do this, and I said, well, I didn't know. I've been working on some stuff, and I didn't know exactly what I would bring out tonight. And this was kind of quick because I didn't want to really get into all of the uh, Galatians yet. Uh, that's a heavy study, and I wanted to make sure I had things right before I get up there and do that. But I want you to look at chapter 4 of the book of Luke. And we'll read the first verse. And the first verse is all we're going to look at. Matter of fact, we're only going to look at two words in that verse. It says here, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now this is Jesus has returned. He's just been baptized by John the Baptist. And now he's returning back from Jordan, back to Galilee. And it says he, he came back he being full of, of the Holy Spirit. The word full is what I want to look at tonight. Let me, I first want to start with a little story here about D.L. Moody. Maybe you'll, you'll get a little uh, something from this. D.L. Moody was speaking at an audience, a large audience, and when he came in, he came in carrying a glass, a, a, just a glass, a plain empty glass. And he asked the crowd, he said, how do I get the air out of this glass? And one gentleman stood up and said, well, just get a pump and suck it out. And Dale Moody said, well, that would be fine, but that would create a vacuum and it would destroy the glass. So a couple of others decided, well, here, do this and do that. A number of others suggested ways of doing it. Moody finally picked up a pitcher of water and poured it in the glass. He said, there. He said, all the air had been removed. He said, 
then he went on to explain that victory in your Christian life is not accomplished by sucking the sin out one by one. He said victory in the Christian life is being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to talk about tonight, is being filled with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus returned from, from Jordan, it's the, ver- the Scripture says that he was full of the Holy Spirit. There's only two places in Scripture where it talks about someone being full of the Holy Spirit. And that's Jesus himself and Stephen just before he was killed. It says that he was full of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't filled with it. If you look at any of the other scriptures and you see about the the apostles or the disciples or anyone else in scripture that is filled with the Holy Spirit, they're not full of it. They're filled with it, but they're not full of it. I'd use the example of a gas tank. When you go to fill up your gas tank and you pump that $90 worth of gas in there, right, is your tank completely full? According to your gauge, it is. But it's not completely full. There's still some space in that tank. There has to be because there's air in there. And if it didn't have air in there, it would probably explode. So it's like Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. He's always been full of that Holy Spirit. He's never been a quarter filled or a quarter full or a half full or nine-tenths full. He's always been filled from eternity. He is the only one that has been full of the Holy Spirit the whole time, from eternity. As Stephen was filled, it says in uh, Acts 6-5 and 7-55, that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit right before he was stoned to death. God gave him just a small portion of being completely full. If you look at any other scriptures in the Bible, talking about Peter or John or James or any of the disciples or apostles or anyone else, they were filled with the Spirit. So what's the difference between full and filled? Well, Jesus was full. There was not a space in him that was not of a Holy Spirit because he was the Holy Spirit. He, he is part of that trinity. He is the Father, the Spirit, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. They are all one, right? So Jesus was, has always been full, but we haven't been. We're not full of the Spirit. If anybody was ever full of the Spirit, they would be exactly like Jesus. And you think, well, being filled can be filled up to the top. You could be filled. Yeah. Let me give you another example. D.L. Moody again says, he was asked one time why he always urged Christians to pray to be filled constantly. He said, well, I need a continual infilling because I leak. Okay? You see, we are sinful people. We are in the sinful flesh. We cannot be full of the Holy Spirit because we are sinful. You see, we were not born with the Holy Spirit in us. We were born with evil. We were born with sin. We can never, ever be full of the Holy Spirit. Luke uses the term that Jesus was full because he wants to show that he is deity. He was full of the Holy Spirit because he was deity. Now, Stephen wasn't deity. But for a moment, or for a few days, God gave him that full spirit because he had to go preach and he knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to be stoned to death. God gave him just for a short time that fullness of the Holy Spirit. No one else ever has been. If you go through Scripture and you look at all the other places, and if you get a Bible program on your phone or on your computer, do a search on it for the word feel. You'll never see the word feel and Jesus connected. You will see the word full and Jesus, but not filled or feel. Because Jesus didn't have to be filled. When when that Holy Spirit landed on his shoulder after his baptism, that Holy Spirit didn't do anything but show 
to those people that he was the deity, that he was the Messiah, the Christ, the Holy One of God. And so he didn't have to be filled with the Spirit. But here's what I want to get to. We have to be. When we accept Christ, when we, by the grace of God, repent and believe on the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. Pastor preached on the, uh, taught this morning in Sunday school. He even preached about it. Okay? The Holy Spirit indwells in us. He abides in us. But we're not up to here with him. He's in here, but he's not all the way through. Because we still have sin in us. It's like having a cup of oil and water. They don't mix, do they? Okay? They separate. So as long as we have sin, as long as we're in the flesh, that spirit cannot full, fully fill us to the very top. We can't be full of him. But Jesus was. So we have to be full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? As a matter of fact, we're born, we are full of one thing. Anybody know what that is? Sin. That's the one thing that we are full of in our lives is sin. But once we come to that saving knowledge and that spirit abides in us, he comes and lives in us, but we're not full of it. We get filled with it. We have to continue to get filled with it because we lose it. We leak. When we sin, guess what that does to us? That separates us, right? That Holy Spirit says, you know, man, you just sinned. I can't help you. I can't bless you now until we come to repentance, until we come and ask God for forgiveness. Jesus came into the world. He got baptized, and he went into his temptations so that not him, he didn't need to do all that. Okay? He, he, was, he was the Holy One. He didn't need to do all that. But he did that to identify with us. Okay, not that he would have to know how it would be like to be flesh, but that we would know he went through the same things we did. Scripture says that he, he, I remember the verse, which I can't right now. <laughs> he went through all this so that he could associate with us. So he could be that. Paul says that he is, uh, he had became, he became, all to all. He became, he became just like us so that he could save us, so he could bring that uh, uh, salvation to us. He had to know what it was. So Jesus was full of it, and that's why he came to us. He came so he could save us. He wanted to be identified with mankind so he had to be saved, so we could be saved, and he had to be identified in all the ways that we were, including his sin, which he didn't have any, but he took upon our sin. The righteousness that he had, he purchased for mankind. Like the disciples and the apostles, if you look at each one of those, they were always filled. You can look at uh, verses like um, Acts 2, 4, at Pentecost. What did it say? He said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They weren't full of it. They were filled with it. They had to be refilled because of sin. Speaking of believers in Acts 4.3, they had to be filled. Acts 9.17, Paul received his sight and was filled with the Holy Spirit. He said we have to be filled. We're, 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 we're like that glass that, that Moody had. We've got some water in us. That Holy Spirit is in us. It's abiding in us. But he's not full in us because we have, still have that sin. We're still in the flesh, okay? We still have that flesh in us. We still have sin in us. So we can't be full, but Christ was. But we have to be filled. As the pastor was talking this morning, when he was talking, I got to thinking, he's going to preach my message tonight. I'm like, no, no, no. But he, he, he went through a different portion of that. He went through the abiding of that spirit. What I want to show you 
is the filling of that spirit. Once that spirit is in us, once we were saved and we have that spirit, that spirit stays in us. And he, we have to continue to ask him to fill us because we leak, as Moody said. We sin. And, don't, and who here doesn't sin? We all do, right? There's nobody who doesn't. We all sin. And when we sin, it's like losing a little bit of that water. Okay? Moody filled that glass up with water. Well, he, if he said it still, it was okay. What would happen if he had moved it? He's going to spill some of it. How many of you have ever filled your gas tank up and some of it spurt back out at you? You know why? Because there's air in there. You're not going to get it filled up. Okay? We have that sin in us, and that causes us to lose some of that spirit. Now, I want to go and look at another thing. Look at the word led. It says, And Jesus returned in his Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The word led is a form of lead. It's kind of a past tense of lead. We were led. A little story about a boy. Let me read you that. Before refrigerators, some of you probably remember that, right? Before refrigerators were invented. Okay. <laughs> Before refrigerators, people used ice houses to preserve their food. Ice houses had thick walls, no windows, and a tight-fitted door. Uh, in winter, when streams and lakes were frozen over, large blocks of ice were cut, hauled into the ice house, and covered with sawdust. Often the ice would last well into the summer. One man lost a very valuable watch while working in the ice house. He searched diligently for it, carefully ranking through the sawdust, but he didn't find it. His fellow workers also helped him look with efforts. No good. He didn't find it. A small boy had heard about the fruitless search for the watch, and he slipped into the ice house during the lunch hour and soon emerged with the watch. The man came up and was amazed that he had found it, and they asked him, said, how did you find that watch? He said, I closed the door, I lay down in the sawdust and kept very still. He said, soon I heard the watch ticking. He said, often we do not hear God speak to us because we don't listen well enough. All right? It's just like the Spirit. If we're not listening to that spirit when it talks to us, and it does. Have you ever done something wrong and then you got hurt? You, you started feeling really bad, sorrowful. And, oh, why did I do that? Oh, man, it's just, it's just terrible, right? Here, here's my idea. Now, this may be wrong. I don't know, but this is my idea, my belief. The unsaved have a conscience, right? We always talk about our conscience. Well, the conscience is bothering me. Oh, I've got this conscience part. I believe that the unsaved have a conscience. But you know what the saved have? The Holy Spirit. And I think when we do something that is against God and against the Holy Spirit, I think the Holy Spirit deals with us. I know he does. It's just like a person who's unsaved. He will feel so terrible and so hurt and, and bad and then he'll hear the word of God, and that spirit will pressure him. That spirit will deal with him. But we must be led. See, we must be filled with that spirit. And then once we have that spirit, we need to be led by that spirit. Most of the time, we are not led because we don't stop to listen to that spirit. We don't stop to listen to him and see what he has for us. Jesus... Now listen, Jesus, in this verse, says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus himself, the Holy One of God, the one who could tell the Spirit, don't need you, right? Because he was the Spirit. He was part of that Trinity, okay? Jesus submitted himself to be led into that wilderness. If the Holy One of God is well enough, is submitting enough, to listen to that spirit and be led by it into a wilderness, how much more should we be? 
But here's our problem. We don't want to be led by the Spirit. We want to do our own thing, right? The Holy Spirit should be the only Spirit that we listen to. Why don't we listen to the Spirit? You think about that? Maybe it's because we're scared. You know, we don't know if the Holy Spirit's going to lead us into the wilderness. You know, he may say, you know, I need you to go here and do this. I need you to go to this place. I need you to talk to this person. I need you to, to do something for the church or submit to this. And we say, no, well, no, we don't do that. We, we try to distract ourselves and say, ah, oh, no, I got this to do. I can't go there and do that. So we, we quench the Holy Spirit. We, we tell him, you know, we're not going to do this. And so when we do that, Jesus, God says, you know, I can't help you. I can't bless you for that because we're not listening. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. If God himself, Jesus in the flesh, can go and submit to the Holy Spirit to be led into the wilderness, why can't we? Because I believe the opinion, and this is my opinion, like I said, the unsaved have a conscience, but we have a Holy Spirit. Okay. We need to listen to the Spirit. Scripture doesn't say whether Jesus, you know, said anything. We're not going to get into the temptations because that's, that's a whole different message. But Jesus was led into the wilderness. And you know, if we submit to the Holy Spirit when he calls us to, we may be led into the wilderness. We may be led into a valley. We may be led by God's grace into the mountaintop. We never know. Well, we're too scared to find out. That's one of the reasons why we don't follow. We don't lay down like the little boy did and be real quiet. What, what, did, what did Moses tell the Israelites when they got ready to cross the Red Sea? He said, stand still and behold. Right? Be quiet. Listen and wait. That's what we need to do. We need to wait for that Holy Spirit. The only way... We are led by the Holy Spirit as if we are a son of God. And we have to be a son of God or we don't have the Holy Spirit, right? That Holy Spirit doesn't abide in us. As Pastor talked this morning, it's just like I was speaking about being filled. If we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, and the only way that we do that is by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. By, by God's grace, which is a gift to us, if we repent and believe the gospel... God's death, burial, and resurrection. Guess what comes and abides in us? The Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is a gift. Okay. My message is, or my teaching here, what I want to understand is that not only do we need to be filled, but we can be led by that Spirit. And, and sometimes we're not led. I could, Pastor asked me to come and speak tonight. I could have said, no. I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to get in front of these people and, and say all this and you take my time and, you know, I, I can sit and watch TV instead of trying to figure out what I want to speak about. But you know what would happen? That Holy Spirit would have bugged me. He would have bugged me until I broke down because that's what he does. In Romans 8, 4, it says, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you're, a son, if you're not a son of God, you aren't led by the Spirit. You're led by your conscience. And you know what? Your conscience is wrong most of the time. Romans 5, 8, 5, 8 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 8.16. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Pastor, we're speaking about that this morning in Sunday school. Our spirit and the Holy Spirit get together and they decide what's right. And if we don't allow our spirit to mingle with his spirit, then we're quenching it. We're not, we're not 
doing what God wants us to. 8.17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You see, if we're a born-again Christian, if we have accepted Christ, we've repented, and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, we are now a son of God. We are now adopted by him as our children, as his children. We are his heirs. We will receive the kingdom. Being led by the Holy Spirit is being led by God in Christ. And if we don't be led by those, then we are in disobedience. To refuse to be led by the Holy Spirit is to refuse the leading of God and disobedience to him. If you're a child, you told your child to go do something, and that child says, I ain't doing it. What is that? It's disobedience. Do we follow? Do we obey the leading of the Holy Spirit always? Why not? Jesus submitted to him. Jesus didn't have sin. Jesus knew what the Holy Spirit was. He was full of it. But he submitted. In Galatians 5.16, and when we get into Galatians, we'll, we'll study this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we're walking in that spirit, if we're following the spirit's leading, we're not going to walk like the world walks. The world walks. <laughs> I get my tongue twisted here. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would, or I should say should. But if ye are led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. If we've accepted Christ, we've become a born-again Christian. We have accepted Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives within us, abides in us. Then we are going to be led by that Spirit if we allow him to. And when we do that, we're going to be following Jesus Christ in his way and what should be right. And he says, if, we're, if we be led by the Spirit, we are not under the law. Okay? Because we're not follow, we don't have to follow those religious rules that the Pharisees put out. You remember pastors preached on this many a time, and I'm sure you've heard it many a time, how all the laws that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had come up with, that, oh, well, you've got to make sure that you wash your hands before you eat, and do this and do that. And, you know, we're not under that. We're under grace. We have grace. We have Jesus Christ in his grace. We don't because we don't know where the Holy Spirit's going to lead us. We're scared to follow into the unknown territory. We don't know what the Spirit's going to lead us to. Because we have no faith, we have more faith in our own spirit than we do in Christ. The power to protect and guide us by his Holy Spirit. That's what we have to get full of. Filled with. We'll never be full. We'll never be full. Up until the day we die, we will not be full of the Holy Spirit. And once we die, we won't need the Holy Spirit. So we are living as in like a pilgrim progress. We are living a life. We're tra traveling this road once we get to the end of it, we're in heaven. If we are Christ, if we have the Holy Spirit living within us. If we sin, we do something that's disobedient to God, and we start to feel sorrowful, it is not our conscience. I don't believe we have a conscience, because we now have the Holy Spirit. But it is the Holy Spirit dealing with us. And then we have to discern those spirits. Have you ever been studying your word or been doing, doing something and all of a sudden something tells you, hey, you need to go over and do this or go do that or go do this. 
A lot of times today we will hear preachers, especially in these charismatic movements, you know, Benny Hinn and a bunch of others, and, you know, Osteen and all those. Your spirit, it's your spirit, it's, it's your better day, okay? It's all about you. It's not about Jesus, not about the Holy Spirit, not about God, it's about you. When you listen to a spirit that you know, says you to do something, and you kind of have to question it, don't you? Or do you just follow it? Scripture says this. He said we need to discern those spirits that speak to us. In verse, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, he says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When we get into the book of Galatians and the introduction in it, we're going to see that the church in Galatia that Paul writes to is on the brink of falling away from the faith because somebody has came in and seduced them. They, they're, they're getting ready to, to say, oh, well, forget this, we're going to go a different way. He said those spirits are seducing spirits, and they give you the doctrines of devils. And I say this right now, and I hope they're listening. I don't care if they are or not. Joe Osteen and them are nothing more than seducing spirits. They are wrong. They are, their doctrine is wrong. They are out for money and nothing else. They don't give one second about your soul, about your life. It's about them getting money and making a fortune off of God. And that's what they're doing. 1 John 4, 1, if you've been going through pastors uh, Wednesday night, he's in John. He said, John 4, 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We turn on the TV on Sunday mornings. Uh, there is nothing on on Sunday mornings. Nothing. You'll find Charles Stanley. Okay, you know, I can listen to him. You'll find some guy named Yushoff or whatever his name is. I can't listen to him. I can't even understand him, really. You'll find Joe Osteen. You'll find Benny Hinn. You'll find, what's that guy that runs TBN? Who's, who's that TBN? That's a, I can't think of his name. Anyway, he's been around forever. But you find all those on TV. You'll find them everywhere. TV, radio, everywhere. But guess what? They are very few out there on TV, if any, that speak truth. It's like past time. You'll have this much of truth and this much of unknown doctrine. Their doctrine. Okay? Those are seducing spirits. He says we need to be discerning those. Because if we don't, we're going to be following them. And he says that's not the way that God wants us to be led. If we feel a spirit guiding us to do something, we need to discern that spirit. Now, how do we do that? How are we going to discern that spirit? First thing we're going to do is pray. Right? We're going to ask God to show to us. Let God guide us in that. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to be like the Bereans. We need to get our scriptures out. And that spirit's telling you, you need to go hang out at the bar with your friends. Wait a minute. My Bible says, Wine is a strong drink. Well, anything stronger than that, you're going to be bad off, right? Drinking is bad. Uh, we study and search the scriptures. The Spirit tells you to go do something. Else. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it's, it's not wrong to hang out with your friends. But if they're doing something that is against God, your Spirit's going to tell you that. The Spirit's going to guide you to, you know, you don't need to be here. 
we used to go with the, we used to be part of the Christian Motorcycle Association. And we used to go to these biker rallies. And if any of you have been there, any of those, you realize there's a lot of stuff that goes on to them. A lot of stuff that's not moral. A lot of stuff that's not right. And for a Christian group to go into that, we have to pray very hard before we get there. Because we need a strong guiding from the Spirit. Some people that we used to hang out, you know, they had problems with drinking. So they told them, don't go in there then. Because you're going to have, there's going to be liquor everywhere. So, you know, if you have a problem with you're drinking and you and you you can't won't want to be around it. Don't go. You know, smoking the whole thing. But if you're going somewhere, you need to check that spirit if he's telling you something. You need to check him and see. Not only that, if it doesn't line up with God's holy word, the scriptures, it's not of God. And that goes with anything. Anything we do, if it doesn't line up with scripture. It is not of God. And the Holy Spirit is one of the best things that we can guide us by. We must at all costs allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit in all things, as Christ did. If the Holy One of God, God in the flesh, was willing to be led by the Holy Spirit, who is part of that Trinity, right? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If he was willing to do that, and we have to. If we're not, then we need to question our salvation. We need to question whether we have that spirit abiding in us. Because if we're not allowing God to guide us, we'll probably not want to hear. There's a lot of people out here that's doing that. There's a lot of preachers that just don't. I thank God we have a good preacher. I thank God for him. Because he, he, has, he has held up scripture Highest he can get it. He has glorified God in everything that he's done here. Uh, anybody ever watched that that uh, uh, Finding Nemo? You ever seen that movie? I know a lot of young people probably have. Yep. Well, there's a scene in that with the clownfish and Dory, the absent-minded whatever fish she is. They're going along. They're out searching for his son, and they run across these these this group of fish or the school of fish that are, what are they called, mimic fish or whatever they're called, okay, and they all do the same thing, you know. And they say, yeah, the straits are over there. and So go over there and you hook the straits and they'll take you straight to Australia. So just before, the clownfish takes off, so just before Dory takes off, these fish tell her, said, oh, when you get to the rock towers, part of the rock, you know, right here, don't go over, go through it. Go through it. Don't go over it. She said, oh, okay. So she kept reminding herself, kept saying that, kept saying that. So when they come to it, they're standing there, and she says, I think something tell, something's telling me to go through. We need to go through it. He said, no, no, no. We need to go over. We need to go over. Look how scary that is. It's, it's horrifying in there. No, no, something's telling me to go through it. So what's the clownfish do? Is he distracts her. Oh, look over there. She, what, what, what? And she forgets what she was supposed to be thinking. She forgets about going through it. She said, oh, okay, let's go. So over they go. When they get up there, they get into a school of jellyfish, and they get hurt. They get stung. But the point of that is, that I'm trying to make, is that if we're not listening to that spirit, we're going to make the wrong decision. That decision of going through what looks like a scary place may be more of a blessing, okay, than going the easy way, going away from it. So it's going to lead us one way or the other. But we need to be guided by that spirit. We cannot, Jesus was led, he was literally taken, and we, if we get into the temptations, uh, uh, I'll kind of run over that with you, but I believe in that part where Jesus was led because he was in Galilee. I believe the Spirit literally, just as it did Elisha, Elisha, I think it was, who went to the eunuch, 
He just, he was there. He didn't take days to walk through the wilderness. I believe the Spirit zapped him right there. He just moved him right to it. But he was led. He was taken by the hand and said, come on, Jesus, here we go. And Jesus said, okay. That we need to be led that way. But we don't like doing that. We don't like being led because we don't know where he's going to lead us. All right? I remember when Haiti was little, I'd say, come on, we're going to go over here. Where are we going? 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 Always ask, where are we going? What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we doing? Are we there yet? You, you've all heard that, right? Were we there yet? Children will lead or will be led by their parents. We have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'll leave you with this. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit, just except in the first part of this. If we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then we need to question our salvation. Because we have to be filled. That Spirit has to be dwelling within us. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We must be led by the Holy Spirit, whether to the wilderness, the valley, or the mountaintop. It doesn't matter. Where God leads us, it's for a reason. It's for our blessing. It's for our purpose. The only way to be filled and guided by the grace of God, which is a gift, is to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, repenting, believing on the name of Jesus Christ, believing in the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection. Once we do that, we'll be filled with the Spirit, now remember, we're not completely full of him because we're human beings, we're flesh, we will leak. That sin still comes out. But we will be guided by him. So I'll leave you with this. Four little words. Be filled, be led. If we get into the book of Galatians, probably next week, I'll bring out the introduction, and I hope you'll enjoy it. I hope it, it will be uh, welcomed by you. Uh, Galatians is a short book. We're figuring probably maybe three months to it. You know, on a Sunday night. We won't have every Sunday night, <clears throat> but I hope it'll be good. But, and the only reason I say Galatians is because I listen to the Spirit. When pastor asked me to come on Sunday nights and have a Bible study, the last three years, I've sat down and I've studied stuff and I've studied stuff and I've studied stuff and I've written stuff and I'm like, man, I would love to get back into Sunday school again. And when pastor asked me to do this, I went through everything I had worked on the last three years. Cause we, we didn't have church, we didn't have Sunday school. We stuck at home and all that, you know going through the pandemic junk. And I went through everything. Couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Because I was following my spirit, looking at my stuff, wanted to do what I wanted to do. But when I stopped and I prayed and I said, Lord, you show me. So I just, I did like some people do. I just took my Bible and I went, and it fell open to Galatians. Okay. I read the first passage, and I thought, oh, this is going to be hard. <laughs> and I just read it, and I read it, and I thought, oh, man. So I have about a dozen commentaries. And, and, and don't get me wrong, it's the scripture is what you need to have your primary word from. Okay? But commentaries are okay. Because if you can't understand the passage, go to a commentary. Because there are men who have come before us who were theologians, more than we ever will be, and know what they were talking about. Okay? So I got into it, and I got to reading, and I got to reading, and I was reading all this one, and I read that one, and then I found out I have a set of books from uh, uh, William Perkins. William Perkins was a Puritan back in the 1600s. And they have a 12-volume, it's a 12-volume, 10-volume set. And I didn't know it, but he had a commentary in that volume on Galatians. 
I'm thinking, well, that'd be cool, you know. So I go and look for it. Sure enough, 600 pages from Galatians 1 to 6. 600 pages on six chapters. One book. <laughs> I'm thinking, nope, can't do it, but I'm going to. I may not use his. There's some others that are a little bit smaller, so don't get so deep. Perkins was a lot into the meat. And I like to get into the meat too, but 600 pages is a lot to study in, you know, in six weeks or a week. So anyway, we get into that. I, I hope that you'll enjoy it. I hope I can bring out some things that are in it. Uh, if you want to start reading it now, go ahead, and then we can... Um, have a thing, and when we get into studying it, I hope that we will have time to stop and have a few questions afterwards. You can ask them, we'll answer them. If I don't know them, I'll send them over to JL. <laughs> but we'll find out. We'll find them out. But I hope you'll enjoy it. I hope you got something out of this tonight. The main thing I pointed out on this that I wanted to point out is Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, but we're not. We never will be. But we will be filled. You know, you know, my coffee cup gets empty, I'm going to refill it. And I drink it down, it's gone, I'm going to refill it again. And I'm going to keep doing that until I've had enough. So I keep doing it. So we're going to keep doing that. As long as we sin, which we will, we're going to have to be refilled okay, with the Spirit. Even though He dwells in us, we don't have a full, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. We don't have him full. We're not full of him, okay, but we are filled with him. I hope I brought something out, and then we have to be led by that spirit that's in us. Because if we're not, we're not going anywhere. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I ask you just to bless these folks that are here tonight. I just ask you to give them something that they need. Lord, help us to be guided by thy spirit. 